We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Inspired by the presence of Captain Jack Youngblood, playing in pain with his broken leg. A savage ram defense. They hand it to Steven. Great jump cut. 45 seconds. a whole burst to it. 20. Side steps a tackle. Runs back. 25 still on his feet. 46-yard goal by number 39. Running back, number 29, Eric Dickerson. Johnny Hecker, a high school quarterback, is going to throw. The fake is on it. He's got a first down to Stephen Bailey. Mike Jones made the tackle. And the Rams have won the Super Bowl. Super Bowl. Rams Talk Radio with Derek C. Apollo and Michael Stewart. Welcome to Rams Talk Radio. This is Derek C. Apollo, my co-host, my partner in crime. Victory Sunday. We're here. Michael Stewart, former Los Angeles Rams defensive back. Rams win today 18-7. Wasn't pretty, but it got the job done. They're going to Seattle for Wild Card Weekend next weekend. Mike, how you doing? Absolutely a great win today. That's it? Absolutely. <laughs> you kept it short and that's it? Well, hey, that's all you got? When you're excited, sometimes you are lost at a loss of words. Excited loss of words. Okay, well, why are you excited? Well, because getting in the playoffs, it's a whole new game now. So once you get there and now uh, where you're going to play is all set and who you're going to play is all set. So now it's a new season. One or go home. Now one or go home. So the problem here, depending on your perspective, though, is in that one, they're going to Seattle again. They just lost last week to Seattle 20-9. And we don't know if they got golf back. We don't know which players will have back. We don't know much of anything yet. So as you're looking at this game and looking at what the Rams did with the Cardinals, who, by the way, congrats to them. I know they finished 8-8, eight and eight, but this is a team on the rise. They're going to be a problem here. And uh, they gave the Rams all kinds of problems with their quarterback out today. So 
but where do you where are your our thoughts in terms of going to Seattle next weekend off a win like this? Well, you know, a win is a win. We got some payback. We got to go take care of some business in Seattle. But the good thing is they know us, obviously. We know them, obviously. Now I think it's an opportunity for our staff, especially offensively, to actually come up with a different game plan. That if they do that, we should go up there and take care of business and be on to the second round or the next round. Mm. You think you think they'll beat Seattle? Is that real? Well, they're, they're not going to beat them doing the same old thing. But I think we saw today what the offense can look like. And again, I'm just an, an advocate now with these faster defenses blitzing all over the place. You have to have a guy who can get away, away and around and go make some yards when there's nothing open. I think we saw that today. I think we saw some things. And I'm, that's why I was so curious as to what your thoughts were going to be. I'm asking these questions basically because it's a, it is a new season. And I think we saw a lot of things for the Rams that are both concerning and exciting in how they won this game. This wasn't a typical... Uh, Rams win by any stretch of the imagination. It was also on a different spectrum, a typical Rams win of late. So it's just kind of a a confusing oxymoron in some kind of, in, in just, we saw a lot of the same problems and we saw some different solutions. And how does that, how does that play out for next weekend? Let's get into the game. Before we do, I do want to ask you to head over to Apple Music, uh, uh, the app especially. Leave a five-star review. We really appreciate that. If you have any feedback for us, we'd appreciate it. Rams Top 1945. And, of course, if you want to sponsor us in this new year, we really appreciate a little bit of that, too. Contact us at Rams Top 1945 at gmail.com. We would definitely love to work with you. Okay, so before we get into the crux of the show, because we're doing things a little bit differently today, I want to address a couple things here. And I think a lot of what we are going to talk about will come out in the me of the show, which is going to be a Q&A. We, we have fans asking questions today. We'll get their thoughts. We'll, we'll, we'll get our thoughts out compared to what, from their questions. Man, I'm just a jumbled mess tonight. What can I say? I'm excited. I'm excited they made it. It was not my favorite today. Rams, total yards, 333 to 214. Passing yards, 223 to 166. Arizona gets 48 rushing yards. That's it. LA, 110. Rams averaged 4.8 yards per play. Some of that was in the end when they were just running the clock out. 4.4 for Arizona. 18-7 in the score. One fumble loss to the Rams. That was kind of a, a strange play, to say at least. Each team had an interception. Third down efficiency. Rams at 40%. Arizona 22%. Time of possession. Gee, this has been the key all year for the Rams. Rams 37 minutes, 53 seconds. Arizona 22 and 7 seconds. Both teams had their starting quarterbacks out for at least some time today. The starting quarterback for the Rams, of course, Jared Goff didn't play at all. And Kyler Murray missed most of the game. Individual stats, John Wolford, 22 of 38 for 231 yards and an interception. A bad one on his first NFL pass. Oops. Uh, But he made up for some things. He ran. He led the team in rushing today. Six carries, 56 yards. Cam Akers, toughing out, 21 carries, 34 yards. Malcolm Brown, three for 20. 
Leading receiver was Cam Akers at 452. And Van Jefferson, about time. You were saying this, Mike. About time. Van Jefferson, four catches, 50 yards. Tyler Hibby, three for 41. And Robert Woods, four for 36. On the Cardinals side. Oh, by the way, geez, I can't forget the defense. Cannot forget the defense before I move on to the Cardinals side. Jalen Ramsey, nice day today. Five tackles, yeah. but outstanding. Man, he did he locked down. Did he lock down Hopkins or what today? Oh, he John really Johnson. Did. Mm-hmm. Aaron Donald. Two tackles for a loss, four tackles. And again, not getting calls for him for holding, but he was disruptive. Morgan Fox with a sack. Samson Ebicom a sack. Ashawn Robinson a blocked field goal. Leonard Floyd, sack. By the way, he reaches his incentive for this year. For Congrats for making that dough. Okay, yes, and one more thing here. I want to just point this out. Ashawn Robinson, has anybody noticed the difference in the Rams at the middle since Ashawn Robinson actually was activated and played? Sorry, playing. We have not talked about it, but it's all going to talk about it because he's made a difference. I just want to point that out. No doubt. Okay. Um, for the Cardinals, it's ugly. Uh, Chris Reveler, 11 for 1,605 yards, a one touchdown interception. Kyler Murray, 8, 8 for 11, 87 yards. Kenyon Drake, 10 carries, 36 yards. That's pretty much it. They have a couple of small running plays. Dan Arnold, 3 for 46. Trent Scherfer, 4 for 44, and DeAndre Hopkins, 4 for 35. 10 targets, only 4 catches. Yikes. And defensively, their big guy was Tanya Valleyho. I think it said Valleyho. With 9 tackles, 3 assists, and a sack. So, Buda Baker also had a nice defense on a pass play late in the game. And there you go. I mean, 18 to 7, Rams win. I'm gonna, I want to go right to the Q&A, but hearing all the stats, is there anything that sticks out to you, Mike, about the game that you really want to go ahead and point out before I get into what the fans had to say? Well, one of the big things is the run game. You know, when you look at the just the numbers, uh, I, I'm, I'm a Malcolm Brown fan at this point in time. I think he's the most consistent. Uh, I think we talked a little bit last week, but, you know, if he somehow gets dinged up, then who do you now have for blitz pickups? Because obviously. They feel confident with him being in there, especially on the third down when blitz pickups and things like that. But when you look at his three rushes for 26.7, you look at Cam Akers, 21 for 34. Cam Akers is obviously more of a home run back, you know, and we saw that with the reception. He got up the, the field, made a great grab. You know, he's more of the speed guy. He's not the guy that's going to drive the pile in between the tackles. And today, to me, was a day when we could have said, you know what, let's run the ball, put big back in, and let's go line, and let's go grind it out for these three, four, five uh, yards. But, you know, I I would like to see Malcolm a little bit more in the run game, but that kind of stands out. We got to get a little more out the run run game. I think for me what stood out was what John Wolfer brought to the table. And I don't mean in any way to sound critical of Jared Goff, but man, John Wolford had some poison there today. I mean, the Cardinals went after him. They knew he was a young quarterback. They knew he. They knew that this is his first NFL start. The protection was there, but they still went after him. They still tried to do things offensively to confuse him, and. There was one play that stood out to me. As a matter of fact, I'm going to bring it back here. Uh, the Athletics Jordan Rodriguez posted this quote 
about Leonard Floyd. And just to quote her tweet, she said, Leonard Floyd said that watching John Wolford ready to risk it all to get that first down on the, on the third and nine, initiating content to get the contact to get the extra yards, motivate the defense to get the ball back in his hands. They were fired up. And that was a tweet from earlier this evening. And just think about last week with Jared Goff, who, or two weeks ago, was against the Jets, where he pulled up short when running the football. Just a yard short when scrambling. I mean, that's a pretty big contrast. Now, in fairness to Jared, like we've seen Jared put his body out there before. We've seen him stay in the pocket. But, you know, the message will always change throughout the year. A season's always fluid. And your perception, perception becomes reality. And how your teammates perceive you throughout the year will change. They're not going to think back on 2017 and 2018. They're going to think about the now. And what are they seeing now? They saw John John Wolford, quote, ready to risk it all. Whereas they didn't see Jared Goff recently ready to risk it all. Fair or unfair? And I think that matters. And I'm not trying to create any kind of quarterback controversy here. But it's clear that John Wolford brought something to the table today. Let's create a quarterback controversy. (laughs) Oh, boy, here we go. You can tell by the way the guys responded kind of who they like. And when a guy goes on the line, you haven't heard that all season from the guys on that defense. But you got to think about it. You got a young guy going in there. This is a game the Rams had to have. So they came to play defensively, offensively. You know, we, we, we had some trouble early on with, with just the rhythm and the snap count. And then that got settled down. And, you know, pretty much from the mid-second quarter on, we were good. But you look at a guy, throws a pick on the first pass in his life in the NFL and just bounces back and, you know, kind of had those steely eyes. And you could tell by Coach McVay, and those calling the offensive plays, they said, forget it. Man, this guy's, let's go. And they were calling plays down the field, things like that. He was making some things happen. But absolutely, when a guy is like, hey, man, I'm going to go get this yard. We got to have it now. And he played that way the whole game. And so guys recognize that. And we have this thing of, you know, we say, hey, man, if I'm in the foxhole, I wouldn't have to worry about you drinking the water because, I know you got my back. Well, it looks like they they figured out, you know, again, nothing against Jared Goff, but it's playoff time now. This is our money. Let's go get this. And it's going to be interesting to see what happens this week if supposedly Jared can play. And they, they even addressed that in the postgame with Sean McVay and get Jordan. Jordan noted that in her in her observations online and, and all of a sudden it looks like the Rams just shall I say um backed off it a little about Jared next week. Seems like McVeigh did kind of back away. We'll see how that works out. We don't have the full transcript out yet. When we do, I mean we can we can we can pull it and talk more about it. But I just don't see the Rams I don't see them just letting John Wolford sit in the bench now either. 
And that takes me to our questions because right. the question and answer here is not when I want to clarify. I'm not saying John Wolford is the new starter and he should be taking over. No, I'm not saying that. What I am saying is he brought something to the lineup that the Rams can use. That's his legs. Just like Taysom Hill, for example, brings something to the lineup and dispel Drew Brees once in a while. Are we forgetting that? They've been doing that for a couple of years. Right. And right. so. You know, Wolfer brought some poise. He brought his legs. He showed a nice arm, by the way, and, and some guts in the pocket. I'm not saying that he's a better quarterback than Jared Goff, but there are some qualities that Jared Goff can look at in him and go, yeah, you know what? I can learn from this guy. I mean, well, the big thing is, I think we talked about it in the last couple pods, is simply you have to have some pressure if you will you have to know that there's somebody there that can take your job that's going to either make you step your game up a la mr carr and the raiders now las vegas you know they brought mariota in and Carr stepped it up and so Mm -hmm. that's what you need and i think today if nothing else jared can say well whatever man it's just one game no the thing is you got to take the accumulation of work. And so he threw it all over the yard when he's at Wake Forest. He threw it all over the place when he was playing for New Heisel in that whatever that spring league was. Uh, so it's a guy who's, who knows how to throw the ball. Now it's just a matter of reps. But what I saw is a guy steely-eyed and ready to go. And if it's nothing downfield, well, I know I got one extra a tool in my tool belt, I can at least scramble and I can go get me some yards. So when you put all those things together, at the end of the day, when you're on a team now at this stage of the game, it's like who can help us win and who is showing that type of courage, moxie, all the things that you want in people that at this point swagger, mm-hmm. whatever it is, that's what you want to see out of a guy at the quarterback position. Doesn't matter if he's a guy making a hundred thousand or a hundred million. Put the guy in that can help us win. And the, the weird thing about him too, as well, was uh, there are a lot of young quarterbacks who would be shaken up by throwing an interception on their first NFL pass. There are a lot, and he wasn't. He came right back. As a matter of fact. The Rams threw deep more in this game than we've seen them do go all year. We've seen we saw yes. the Rams take more risks downfield, right? Than they have all year. That tells me the problem isn't McVay in his play calling. It tells me it's Goff. Why did you not feel comfortable going deep with Goff? Right. Why? Right. And you're looking at again. I'm looking at the interaction between the quarterback and the head coach. Totally different. Again, this is my opinion. He looked a lot more engaged. He looked a lot more enthused. He looked a lot more when it was timeouts and things, quarterback coming over and they're actually having a conversation. You know, he's not sending them to the quarterback coach and all like that. He's talking to him directly. You know, now you can say maybe he's doing that because this was, quote, unquote, a different game. But from what I saw, this guy is going to get better the more reps he gets because that's what happened in this game. They mm-hmm. came after him a lot. I mean, a lot. So to me, he's already prepared for what Seattle will try to do. They'll try to blitz him as well. But he's now got that ring rust off, if you will. And he's kind of been in the fire a little bit. So to me, he's just going to get better. 
And if I'm the Rams, I'm, I'm keeping him around. And if I'm the Rams, I'm be more so. If I'm Jared Goff, and this goes back to some of the things you were saying earlier in the year, if I'm Jared Goff, I'm thinking, huh, you know, I've had in competition for a while. You know, Mark Bolger was in competition for Kurt, for Kurt Warner either. And eventually Mark Bolger replaced Kurt Warner. I mean, we've seen things like that happen before. So I got to say that I would have my, I'd be looking over my shoulder a little bit. Iron sharpens iron. Jared Goff could sharpen himself by working with a guy like Wolford instead of kind of keeping off to himself. It was clear to me that Wolford was prepared. He'd done his homework. He was doing things that Goff doesn't do despite the fact this is Goff's fifth year. Right. And that concerns me more than anything. Like, that tells me that Goff is not preparing himself the way he should be. Wolford was prepared. Yeah, he was prepared and ready to go. And it was interesting because you actually saw more excitement from golf, cheerleading from the sideline. I don't know if that's real excitement or or you're more comfortable with maybe being a guy that's not out there in the clutch. Maybe golf's a guy who can come off, you know, maybe he's more of a Nick Foles guy. You know, he can come off the bench, you know, uh, and, and get you wins and play lights out because, you know, he's not, quote unquote, the starter. Some guys are better bullpen guys. You put them out there on the mound to start, they'll walk the whole team. You put them in the bullpen, they'll shut down people for three innings and you go, okay, it's the same. How come you're so dynamic out the bullpen? But as a starter, you can't get anyone out. So I don't know. It's just going to be interesting because you only have a few days, D.C., before you got to say, all right, this is the guy we're going with. You know, are you going to split time in practice? My thing is having my own thumb and having surgery and pins put in it, and it wasn't even my throwing hand. I saw him throwing the ball and stuff, but it's pretty impractical in my mind that you're going to put a guy who just had pins in his his throwing hand in the game. I I don't, you know, I saw him throwing passes, but I just don't know. Because the thing is, as a head coach, you got one thing on your mind. How do I keep the locker room together? You got guys that have been there a number of years with golf. If you put golf back in and they lose and you go home, those dudes are going to be looking at you like, man, you messed up our chance to go get the Super Bowl or whatever the next round is. So it's going to be interesting to see who's going to be in there next week. The thing is this, too, is even with all that, Goff, for all of his flaws, for all of his mistakes, still was the quarterback for nine wins. And he still had, overall, some pretty good numbers, better numbers than last year. He still, in my view, progressed as a quarterback this year. The problem is he's not progressing enough, and he's still making some the same old mistakes. So you have a conundrum here. You're paying this guy to be your franchise guy. You go out there today with your backup, you don't score an offensive touchdown, but he shows you some things that can tell you you can grow into this guy a little bit. I, th- I don't know what the right call is. I th- I'm pretty sure we know what they're going to do. I think what the, what the Rams are going to do is they're going to play close to the vest all week. They're, they're going to have Seattle preparing for two different quarterbacks all week. And then, of course, we'll know Jared Goff will be a game-time decision 
whether he's playing or not. I have a lot of doubts about a guy coming off surgery just this last week playing in the wild card game, just like you do. I have doubts on that. Yeah, I just, you know, I'm just, uh, and again, maybe I'm just telling my secrets. My thing is, starter or not, I'm going with the hot hand. So if this guy got the hot hand, he's got the guys playing hard for him, which is for the team and organization, well, that's a win-win. You don't want to have guys that are looking across the room in the team meeting wondering, is the guy, Jarrett, going to be the guy that goes in there and, and steps it up? Is he going to go for it on the third and short? You know, and to, to Walford's, you know, uh, to, to, to give him just some poise, he got us down there. I, I just can't believe some of the play calling when you're inside the five and we try to throw the ball. My thing is, you at that point in time, especially with this, this young guy coming in right now, man, put that on your O-line. Guys, mm-hmm. we need three or four yards. We got four downs to get it. I'm not calling any passes. Go move these guys out the way and let's go. Put the big back in and let's go. So I don't I don't know why, you know, you call and play, and now a guy gets sacked, and then you ended up with with field goals. So that's that's on the coach. I mean, there, here's the here's the issue with that too is is the red zone's been an issue for the Rams yes. throughout Sean McVay's tenure. He's never quite figured the whole thing out. He likes to try and do things and set him up for later in the game. He likes to try and he gets a little too pretty sometimes. Yes. Basically, he's a flawed young young coach. And, and there's no doubt in my mind because Sean McVay is a workaholic. This guy works his head off. He is a perfectionist. He makes mistakes. He is still the best thing to happen for the Rams coaching wise in years. Let's just I don't I don't want this to be a break beat down on Sean McVay, but there's still a lot for him to learn. And figuring out the figuring out the red zone is still his weak point. You have a running you have a quarterback who can run a little bit. You have a pounder in Malcolm Brown. Yes. You have some pretty stinking good tight ends. I'm pretty sure you can find a way to score in the red zone. That's with Goff in the pocket in the game as well. That's, that's with either one of those guys. you got to figure this out. That's the only concern I still have, though. Despite all that, all the praise you're putting on Wolford for leading this team to the playoffs today, this is still an offense that did not score a touchdown. And this is still a team that did not reach even 350 total yards today. I don't... I don't know what the right answer is, except we know that Jerry Goff's been the guy since 2017. I also can cons- I also know this. There's no doubt in my mind who's the more talented guy is, and that's Jerry Goff. But who's the guy who brings the X factor when they need it? And I think we saw a little bit of that today. Basically, I would love to see. John Wolford, like squished together with Jared Goff into one guy. Wouldn't that be something? Oh, absolutely. A guy who came prepared like Wolford, a guy who was prepared, a guy who's mobile with a guy with Jared R. Because Jared has every piece of raw talent available that you'd want in a quarterback. Well, to your point, when you have now what would look like, man, I better get my stuff together. Let me get going. Let me do what I need to do. Extra reps, 
tough, whatever you need to do to get yourself better. I believe Jared Goff can look at that and go, hey, this guy played pretty good. Hmm. They got that. They got this. The defense is going to show up. I think it's been proven that this guy, the DC, can can coach. He got guys playing for him. And and to your point, uh, they look different. And now, even though Aaron Donald is still getting double teamed, uh, not as much as before, you know, or maybe it's less than triple teamed. So now that you got Alshon in there actually taking up what he's supposed to be in the middle, get, getting in there like that. That, again, starts freeing up other people. And we've been able to see over these last number of weeks different guys uh, making plays. And to uh, our, our, our corner, Jalen, I don't know what gets into him. He's kind of a guy that if you challenge him, he steps his game up. But it's like, Jalen, how come you just don't do that Like no matter who it is? But he literally had DeAndre Hopkins getting penalties, almost kicked out the game. He had that dude frustrated. And he'll do the same next week against their big guy up in Seattle. So it's kind of cool watching him kind of step his game up uh, against these big receivers. So it'll be a real good game next week. There's a lot of interesting stories coming in. Uh, for not just for the Rams, but for the entire playoff picture. We're going to talk about just to end the show, but I want to get into some of this Q&A. I'm yeah. just going to roll through them, okay? Uh, we have Michael Crawford at LMichael7777. He just writes, Goff is Wally Pip. Wolford is Lou Gehrig. Okay, little, probably a little bit too far with that one. Um, yeah, <laughs> Isaiah's at Isaiah's1991. Using Wolford to run special packages. Any thoughts? We mentioned that earlier. Matter of fact, I was inspired by this this comment. I think it, that's something to consider. You know, again, a la Taysom Hill with the Saints. That is something that I feel like John Wolford surely can do today. No what doubt. Do no doubt. And and you know what you want to look at. I mean, we saw it uh, with with Kyler Murray. Dude is walking around limping, can't do anything, and then it's just at some point he must have just said, forget it. Let me just go out here. And you saw them literally just go right down the field. That's a guy who elevated those guys that were on the field. Because I'm going, okay, they're basically running the same plays. Why is this guy hitting guys and making movies? You know what I'm saying? I mean, we eventually got that, that uh, turnover. But it was just interesting to see a guy playing literally on one leg can elevate his team just by being on the field. And that's what you want to see in your quarterback. You know, and again, I'm not going to say uh, Walford is going to the Hall of Fame, but you could see distinctly that he got those guys, lifted those guys to a little bit different level. And. That's what you want to see in anyone who's coming in for whoever that starter is, where it's a defensive guy, offense, whoever. If you're running back, come in and show up. So it, it, it's going to be real interesting. But, yeah, I agree. I use them for some packages. I think it would be just fan thing is decoy. Just somebody who can mess with you a little bit. Just yeah. add something to your playbook. Add it. 
Okay, so this is from Immigration Attorney at Mo T and Caviar. He says, is, is Wolford a Hall of Famer yet? And does Dissolve deserve to carry his jockstrap? <laughs> come on, man. <laughs> really seriously, come on now. Um, HVAC underscore Chingon at Joey SZ06. Wolford start next week. Whitworth get the start. Okay. Uh, Wolford, game time decision. And I, I don't know if you start him or not. I mean... I don't know. I, 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 I need to go back and look at some more of this film. I, you know, I can't. This was the Cardinals you played, a team that the defense has come along. They, they, had, they provide certain issues, but this is not the Seattle Seahawks defense, and this is not even the 49ers defense. This is the Cardinals. And so I have a really hard time just saying go Star Wolford. He, he brought some nice things to the table, things that I, I think the Rams can use, but. To start next week? I don't have a hard time. Start Walford. Start. <laughs> Here you go. <laughs> yeah, he speaks. Um, you know, you, and you don't even get to the explanation. You're like, ah, start him. Start him. Well, the my second- thing is, to me, he has a hot hand at this point in time. We saw golf over the last, and again, you have to look at the last three, four games that this guy played in, and you got to say, was he elevating his game or was his game declining? His game was obviously declining. The thing that the Rams have this luxury, because he is injured, they are going to ride it out this whole week. Because you can literally go, he just wasn't ready to go. Now, he can start saying, no, I was ready to go. No, you're not. I just Mm -hmm. don't, you know, in my best mind, I I just am more of a guy. People like, oh, man, he's Hall of Fame, man. He's better 80% than a guy that's 100. Not all the time. It depends what position that is. You can't be 80% at corner trying to play some guy running by you. You're 80%. Now a guy just runs by you all game. Okay, what good is that? So there's always that fine line. Do you play a guy who's a veteran, who was a starter, and then do you bring him back? Same goes with Whitworth. Do you want to bring him back in in your first playoff game? I don't know. I don't know how much he's actually been practicing for him to be up to speed, you would think of a savvy veteran, but at the same time, he's not going to be in game shape like the guy that's already been out there. So we'll see. I mean, I, it's we will see. I just, I, it's hard for me to just say, you just kind of just bench the guy, possibly ruin the relationship with the guy who's who's led your franchise the last four years. I mean. Well, I know I you. You're, you're more like you're more like. Hey, screw it. I don't care about feelings. I don't really care about feelings either. If you don't see him as your future. Well, you, the thing is, this is what we don't know. We know what we see. Mm-hmm. I know what I think I see. Be with the reaction of other guys and players. How the game went today. How they played on all phases. And you could say, oh, well, they know they had to have it, so everybody brought their A game. Okay, that could be true. But they've been there day in and day out. They know who actually is going to step it up come next week. They know that. Believe me, they know. But again, I'm looking at McVeigh. I'm looking at body language, and I said this last year. I, I could tell with Gurley, I don't have to be in that locker room. 
I can just tell by his body language. He's like, man, I'm out of here. This is some old, this is some bull. <laughs> so when I saw McVay today, just more excited, and he didn't dumb down the playbook. He didn't run a really no tunnel screen, as it seemed like, till the second half. We were seeing them constantly, like, how many times are we going to run this in the first half, first quarter? We didn't really see that until a little bit later. Mm-hmm. You know, they tried to throw it in there kind of in the second half, towards the end or whatever. So my thing is, okay, what would make him keep the playbook wide open except he's like, man, this guy's been here. He knows what we're doing. Let's go. But, again, that added feature, I think, of the scrambling ability. The the common denominator there is golf, though. If you're looking at why all of a sudden was McVay willing to take shots today when he hasn't been willing to take shots all year, golf's the common denominator. That's it. That's the that's the statement. We thought all year that it was the receivers or that it was the offensive line not getting enough time or whatever. Well, no. We saw them take numerous shots downfield today. He was more confident in his second-string quarterback who was making his first NFL start, who threw an interception on his first throw of the game he was more confident going deep than he was in his millions, millions and millions of dollar quarterback, Jared Goff, his first round draft pick. That says a lot. Yeah, it does. Absolutely. It says a lot. Um, the second part of his question was Whitworth at the start? That's a no brainer. If Whitworth can play, is playing. Yeah. It will, if, if Whitworth can play, he's playing. Again, he's got to be able to play. Because it's not like he's going to be playing some pansy pass rushers. They're going to be coming. So, uh, I forgot. What was his injury anyway? Torn MCL. The dude was out working out and walking. Like, he's already, he probably could have played today if they really want him to. Like, he was, for a 39-year-old dude especially, his recovery is kind of insane. I mean, seriously. An MCL tear, and he's... He, he was walking around the day, had a brace on his fine. They had, they, they had videos of him doing his leg drills. Like, are you kidding me? Guy's an animal. If he can play, he'll play. Yeah, I'm, I'm sure. But I, I, you know, I guess I'm just, when you get down to the, the playoffs, you don't have any games. There's no comeback games. We'll get them next week. When you have one or two games left in the season, well, you got a couple games left to get the kinks out. These games now are win or go home, point blank. So, again, there's a fine line between are you really ready or, you know, you you would think that a guy with his veteran leadership and qualities, yeah, he should be ready to go. But I'm just a guy that you've been playing now with with a line – uh, for a number of weeks that seemed to be, you know, somewhat getting better. But, yeah, if he's that much better than the guy that's in there now, obviously you go with it. I mean, before he got hurt, he was the team's best offensive lineman. No doubt. And no it wasn't doubt. close. And a thought comes in my mind, too, given how poorly Havenstein's been playing, any chance this guy can shift a right tackle for a game or two? No, I'm wondering that. I mean, going from left tackle, right tackle is a whole different story, but he's a professional for a reason. I wonder about that. Yeah. Eddie Flame, at Light Shadow Wolf, 
Our red zone offense, should we be concerned? I know our defense is consistent and plays lights out in important games, but if our offense struggles in the red zone, can they can only hold up for so long. You want to answer that, Mike? Oh, there's no doubt. You have to, when you get in the red zone, especially inside the 10, you got to come away with seven. Threes in the playoff, you're, you're asking a lot when you're playing now better team each week. Uh, you just can't really win games because we're not playing out in the freezing Green Bay weather or Minnesota back in the day when they didn't have any dome and it's 30,000 below. And yeah, you can win a game six to three or nine to six, but this these day and age, you're playing indoors, you're on fast turf. Uh, obviously, we'll be in Seattle. I think there's somewhat they can open, close their roof, whatever they do up there. But you're going to be playing in good weather, so you you can't rely on winning a game, not in the playoffs, you know by just kicking four field goals and win the game 12 to nine. That's, that's asking a lot against a good team. I mean, it is, it is asking a whole lot and you got to do it. At some point you have to do it. Couple more here. We got a couple more questions and then we got some, just some cleaning up stuff to do. Oh, before I even go there real quick, sponsorship stuff. Here we go. Hey everyone. I want to tell you about blue wire hustle, a brand new program where you can host your very own podcast here, at blue wire. Hustle was created to give everyone the opportunity to take your podcast to the next level. Or if you want to host a podcast and just don't know where to start, Hustle is a perfect place for you. As a part of the program, you'll receive personal cover art, Q&As with Blue Wire's top podcasters, access to our community discord, and an e-learning course full of tips and tricks. And on top of that, we'll help you get your show pushed out to Apple, Spotify, Google, Stitcher, and all other listening platforms. And the best part is you can get all of this for only 15 bucks a month. The same rate as any other hosting site would charge you just for the initial setup. So whether you're starting from scratch or on an existing show that you want to grow, Hustle is an open door to leveling up your sports experience. Acceptance into the program is limited, so get your application in today. To apply, go to bwhustle.com forward slash join. And check out the distribution box. Check out the description box for this episode to find out more. But that's bwhustle.com slash join. All right, so... Getting the last these last questions here we have from Ranko Markovic. There's only one question: Is Goff if Goff is fit, do you play him over the Wolf? We just talked about that, so thanks for asking. You, you're one of many asking that one. Scott M at Turf uh, K one one two nine asks about us in red zone. We're worried about that. Hoodlum Priest at Forever Shred has Everett played his way onto the Bengals. Man alive. How do you feel about Gerald Everett right now? Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. He he shows glimpses like today that he can catch the ball when needed or when it's I don't know. It's just he just got to have more consistency. That's been his but, problem his whole career, though. Even yeah, in his first year, he showed such great talent. He showed Ross. I mean. That, I'm going to say it now. There's no doubt in my mind that if this guy could get his head out of his rear, Gerald Everett could be the best tight end in the game. He's that well, athletically gifted. It's interesting because it was like Wolford was trying to hook up with him. So, again, mm-hmm. I go back to my analogy from last week, and I think it played out because he was looking for Jefferson a lot, and then they start connecting. 
and it looked like he was looking for uh, Everett a lot. So I don't know if, you know, Everett's in with him on the scout team when they're doing that stuff, but it's just certain quarterbacks you may play harder for because you know they're actually going to try to throw you the ball as opposed to you just running routes. So, again, those kind of things stand out to me as a player. Like, well, why is he throwing to him? It seemed like more of this game. Are they calling him and telling him, hey, throw to Gerald? Or is he going, hey, G, go ahead and run that route. I'm going to hit you on it. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So it was interesting to see that and him make some plays and, you know, get upfield and, and do some things. So, yeah, I don't know. But it just seemed like just a little bit inconsistent. Well, he's up. He's in a contract area. He's up for your contract this year. And to me, it just seems like, you know, for a guy with that much talent, if that much physical, you would think he would be doing more to try and earn that contract. I don't think the Rams can pay him what he thinks he's worth, but somebody will probably take a flyer on him because of the raw stuff he's got. This is from Boxing Ram. He says, honestly, it was just good to see Wolford's mobility in that game. Many plays there that is just... Jeez, many plays there that is see Goff take the sack or make a decision that was iffy. Defense is on point. Just that red zone offense needs major improvements. What are your guys' thoughts on the Sea Hags next week? The Sea Hags. Love it when they say Sea Hags. <laughs> what are your thoughts on the Sea Hags next week? Well, it's, it's going to be, you know, again, win or go home. But you figure Russell Wilson and his team, he feels, is playing at a high level. We owe them some payback. So it's going to be interesting to see. Again, I think a lot is going to be riding on who's going to be at the quarterback position. I, I just think a lot is going to be riding on that and how it goes in. Now, again, everybody's supposed to be professional. I get it. But it's still a sport, and guys will have alliances with guys they think can help them win. No one wants to be playing with someone who's out there just giving up points or, you know, laying a ball on the ground and then you just don't really have any emotion about it. It's like, oh, well, we'll get them next year. You know, guys, some of these guys, this playoff is hitting certain incentive bonuses. You know, for other guys, first time, man, this could be great, man. We could literally get to the Super Bowl. So, there's a lot riding on next week, I think, for the organization going forward. So it's going to be a, a pretty big week uh, to get ready. But Seattle's going to be ready. We're going to have to go up there and take it. I think Seattle will be ready. I think Seattle really have that, – that team has come together pretty nicely, in my view. But they're also a beatable team. I mean, they're not a juggernaut. Well, I'm looking at Green, the way Green Bay just beat up the Bears today, the way that the Saints just demolished the Panthers. I mean, those teams are legit teams. I just look at the Seahawks and go, they're still, they don't scare me. Let's just say that. That offensive line up there doesn't scare me. We, we see, there's a video today, just about an hour ago, from the ESPN NFL Twitter feed, and it's showing that the team that, Aaron Donaldson, he wanted to play, was the Seahawks. They want their team. They, they know they can beat the Seahawks. This team generally plays pretty well against the Seahawks. Let's just be real about this. Aaron, Aaron Donald and his entire roster knows what happened last week in Seattle. They know what caused the loss last week. <laughs> okay. I mean, we that's we don't even need to rehash that. 
So I think that's a winnable game. I think that being on the road won't matter to them. It's a 440 start on a Saturday afternoon, by the way. So it's going to be warmer than it would be at an 8 o'clock at night game. You're not going to have fans there. If you're going to win on the road in Seattle in the playoffs, this is the time to go do it. Oh, so no doubt. That out. No doubt. And, and, and if you look at it, as good as Russell Wilson is and has been, if you can get up on them, there are some times that Russ, because he figures he's a playmaker, he'll start forcing some balls in. And that's when you can start coming up with some timely interceptions, big plays, turnovers, things like that. But I think that the defense is playing at a high level and consistently playing at that level that they know we're going to be in the game. Let's go. Oh, just don't give them the ball. You know what I mean? Okay. And I agree. I agree. I mean, that's a winnable game. I'm not saying they're going to win the game. It's you're still going to Seattle. You're still going on the road. You're, you're going to have to go on the road almost the entire way through playoffs unless the seven seed makes it all the way through. So, you know, it's a tough road for the Rams, but teams have done it before. Last one from LA fan at EZAV11. He said, Who else can the Rams or what else can the Rams do to improve the return game? Uh, it's a bit late for that. It is what it is at this point. Yeah. I mean, you got to think about next year if you want to improve that. I don't think you can get it much better as it is. It's not the same NFL it was five years ago. You got all these new rules on returns that have kind yeah. of changed it now. Oh, no doubt. No doubt. I, I don't know, you know, because literally you pretty much kick the ball out the end zone. Every kickoff, you know, everything else is just, you know, I would assume he's meaning maybe in a punt return game. Uh, but even that, the way we rush, a lot of times we leave uh, our defensive guys one-on-one on the outside gunner. So if you got any gunner who's worth anything, they should be able to be a one-on-one. So that's, to me, what is happening. The guy's able to get downfield, and then, you know, he's got his basically fair catch. And that's pretty much it. I mean, getting a return for a touchdown, it's harder. Getting good returns are harder. I would just be content with guys who catch the ball, get a few yards, and get out and, and get, get, get away, get safe, stay safe, keep possession. That's what I'm concerned with. I don't want a whole lot of risks taken when they don't need to be. All right, so that does the Q&A. Been a while since we've done one of those. And just a couple other notes. Just want to give you the, the slate right now. Wild card Saturday, the Colts and the Bills. Good game. 1 p.m. next Saturday. Rams against Seattle at 440. The Buccaneers will play whoever the NFC, we- NFC East is at 815 Eastern time, uh, 515 Pacific. Um, wild card Sunday. This is going to be a good one. Ravens and Titans at 1 o'clock Eastern time. I like that one. That's going to be a fun one. Bears and Saints at 440 Eastern time, 140 Pacific. Browns and Steelers at 815 515 Pacific, our old school rivalry game as the cap for Wild Card Weekend. And that's going to be, I think, a fun one, too. Uh, the Steelers aren't the Steelers right now. As far as you know, the, the Browns the Browns are, I think, past their peak. They play much better at certain times this year. But it's one, it's nice to see the Browns back in the playoffs just for my family's sake. But B, it's been, what, 2002, Mike? 2002? Yeah, yeah. I mean, so 
but yeah, and that reminds me, by the way, congratulations are in order to the, to the Browns for making the playoffs for the first time since then. I mean, we, we as, a, friend, as a, a team here at Rams Talk who have been through a lot of down years to see other franchises that have struggled get back, congrats. And, and, and you know, that's, I think, well-deserved and happy for the Browns fans out there. Other notes. Other notes. Kind of want to leave it out. Ending, ending everything nice and putting a bow on the actual regular season. The schedule for next year changes now, pen, depending on um, tonight's last game right now, the Redskins. Sorry, Washington. I'm still getting used to that. The NFL, Washington <laughs> football team, they're at half leading the Eagles, 17-14. Okay. If that result stands, if that result stands, the, the Rams will go to New York next season to play um, on the road. The NFC East, if, it, if uh, Philadelphia wins, the Rams will play Washington, by the looks of it, on the road next year. So kind of look at that. Also, other opponents for next year, now that it's pretty much settled. Cardinals at home, 49ers at home, Seattle at home, Chicago at home, Detroit at home, the Jaguars at home. Titans at home, and the NFC South second place. Who I that's the that's the Bucks. So they'll have the Bucks at home next year. That is where that'll sit for the home slate, the road slate. The Cardinals, Packers. That'll be fun. That's going to be a prime. That'll be a prime time game. Texans, Colts. We now know it will be Washington or the Giants, the Vikings, the 49ers, and the Seahawks. That's a tough road schedule, by the way. That is a tough road schedule next year. Yeah. So um, that is how the schedule looks for the Rams in 2020. It's a pretty decent home schedule, though. The other things, just kind of to wrap up the season, the regular season. A couple observations here. Again, I've been saying here over the last couple weeks, congrats to the, the Browns. The uh, congrats to... The Packers for making sure the Rams are in the playoffs today. That that team has come on, by the way. The, the Packers, I, I I wasn't too sold in them for much of the year. They've really come on. Um, teams that scare me in the playoffs, the Packers and the Saints do right now. The Saints are playing their best ball. And I, so, I mean, I guess Drew Breach came back fresh. Anything else I want to think about? Anything else I want to note? They're going to pass it over to you. Buffalo, 501 points scored by the Buffalo offense this year. They've won six in a row. They win the AFC East. They finally dethrone the Patriots. Congrats out there to them. Um, I will down here. The AFC South, Tennessee and Indianapolis will end up being a nice little race there. And, of course, the AFC West is a train wreck. So, any last comments you have on the 2020 regular season? No, I just think that uh, it's been an interesting one. Hats off to all these teams and organizations who are able to somehow pull off a season worth watching. I mean, these games were actually fun to watch, uh, competitive, very competitive. Uh, shout out to all the guys who sustained injuries that they would have 
obviously a speedy recovery, healthy, and be able to to get back to something they love uh, for those who didn't make it back this season. Uh, but overall, man, I think for a COVID-19 uh, season, it's been a pretty good season, and it's been a pretty competitive. We've seen a lot of good comebacks. Alex Smith, you know, coming back, and it'll be <laughs> awesome to see those guys win because Washington wins, they're in, right? Mm-hmm. They're yeah. division champions, yeah. Yeah, so, I mean, you can say the record or whatever, but again, it's a new season. They they play with a little more swagger when he's uh, at the helm. Uh, but at the same time, uh, obviously, you know, coming back and trying to play games full speed and all those things, uh, still, there's still some rehab for him to do as well. He'll be even better uh, come next season. So shout out to, unfortunately, a number of these coaches that will probably lose jobs this year. Uh, but again, that gives an opportunity for some other guys to hopefully get in there and make a difference for, for those organizations that will have coaching staff. Hey, Adam Gase already fired from the Jets. Yeah, saw that. Yeah. Well earned. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was that was that was gonna be a tough call. Uh but yeah, once you start having to let go of coaches in you know almost end of the season, it's pretty pretty much a foregone conclusion that that head coach was gonna be gone too. Foregone conclusion in so many different ways. I mean, that was a, just a train wreck for much of the year. Hey, and, you, you said something you know. quick. Do you see a Cam Newton coming here as a backup? I mean, honestly, no. And I'll tell you why. John Wolford. Yeah. He's cheaper, and he provided a lot of what Cam Newton wouldn't. I mean, Cam Newton's obviously a better football player. He'll also cost you a lot more. True. You, John Wolford gave them exactly what they needed to back up. I mean, yeah. that's John Wolford. To me, in my view, he showed he's an NFL quarterback. I'm not saying he's an NFL starter, but he is a guy I think who can push Jared Goff. Why do they need Cam Newton now? Right, right. I mean, he reminds me of a Fitz Magic, Fitzpatrick type of mm-hmm. quarterback. And again, when you're looking for a solid backup quarterback, that's what you want. Someone who technically is not causing quarterback controversy, even though I'm trying to make it one, but it's not <laughs> really. <laughs> uh, but you want a guy who can actually go in there and there's not, there's going to be a little drop off, but not to the point where you go, oh man, well, this is a loss. So I think he showed a lot. Uh, he's a guy that they will come to earlier than later and try to make sure he's you know, they can get him on the cheap now, re- redo some things, throw some more money to him, and, you know, he'd be a guy to be be a solid guy. So you could technically have a, a nice little tandem if this now puts golf in the mindset of let me get my game stepped up. And then Walford kind of knows that if the guy, you know, stumbles, he can get in there and, and go to work. I mean, somebody who can put a little pressure on you as a quarterback, but also in a way that makes you better. Uh, you know, I, I think, honestly, we're so hard on Jared Goff. I mean, we didn't used to be. We've gotten a lot harder on him recently. The fan base has been just super hard on him. And times like this, got getting injured, you know, trying to come back. From, this is where you, if you're a fan, you want to support the guy. Whatever issue you have, put away. Support him. Okay. 
if he botches up after the game, then yeah, you hem him up. But I mean, how much trash do you want to talk on the guy now leading into a playoff game where he might be back starting for you? I mean, this is still your team. And anybody who's seen him get this contract here, they want him. We all want him to do well. We're not cheering for this guy to fail. We want him to be everything we know he can be. Yeah. So, you know, I'm hoping the fans, all of us, can put, the, you know, put, the, put it away for the week. Just, just support this guy, and, you know, hopefully he comes ready to go if he's playing. If not, help, you know, help Wolford get ready for it. Help him get, help him get ready. All right, everybody can follow us on Twitter at Talk Rams. You can follow me on Twitter at DC Paul. They can follow Mike at One Duke Twenty Three. Although you got to post more, man. Come on, post more. Yeah, yeah. Well, you know, I may be changing my my Twitter handle. Uh, I, I started to set up an account, so it may be uh, Coach Michael Stewart here pretty quick. Ooh. Coach Ooh, M okay. Stewart at Twenty Three Thirty Five. But I'll let you know. Well, let us know. Let us know. You yeah. got to switch it all up, and. Folks, you can also find all our work at RamsTalk.net. We have some guys who have really been putting some work writing and are really kind of covering this team as well as possible. And we got some plans for the future as well. So stay with us. We'll see you next Saturday night. Yes. For our post-game podcast. Until then, we're out of here. We're out. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring this podcast. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System, you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. At hundreds of locations across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unifydhealing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system.